Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls. Hey, um, today is my second podcast that I'm recording, and I'll probably just go ahead and publish it tonight when I'm done. I published the episode about the DOD, the Department of Defense, and the racism there. But it really got me thinking because I had to run out and take care of some business real quick. And um, it didn't allow me time to finish a thought. And so I'm going to try to finish a thought on racism here. Before I go on, I do have an article that I want to read. This particular article, when I start reading it, I'm not going to stop to give any um, discussion on it until after I'm done reading it because I want you to hear it in its entirety. Uh, I agree with probably 99% of what this young lady wrote in this particular article, and you'll you'll see, and then I'll, I'll comment on it after I'm done reading. But before I go on, I, I do want to say this about racism. Number one, I hate racism on every level. I hate it on every level. I hate the fact that we here in the United States of America, the greatest country on the planet, have this um, in our history. You know, uh, it's one of those things that I don't think, well, there might be some people out there sick in the head that are proud of our racist past. I am not. And and, uh, it's something that, well, I don't want to erase it. I'll tell you why. Because if we erase it, we forget about it, and then it's too easy to fall back into that. I don't want to erase it. I don't want to get rid of the statues. I don't want to get rid of the flags. I don't want to get rid of it. I don't want to erase it from our history, our history books, because we need to understand it. We need to be able to look and see those statues, and we need to see those flags, and we need to see those places uh, that, on one side, people fought a bloody war and gave up their lives to, among other things, bring an end to such things as slavery. And on the other side, people fought just as hard to keep that wickedness alive. We need to remember that. So even though on one hand, I am totally, I, I hate racism on every level. And regardless of how that racism, where it comes from and to whom it's it's um, aimed at, it doesn't matter to me if it's if it's racism from whites to blacks or other minorities, I, I'm sickened by that. Or if it's if it's um, blacks towards whites or other my, uh, other people groups, I'm sickened by it. Or Hispanics towards anybody else, and we can go through them all. I've traveled to many nations of the planet, and I can honestly say, ladies and gentlemen, we have this big discussion here in America about racism. And of all the countries that I've been to, this is about the only country that we talk about racism, at least on this level. And I have seen such horrendous racism most everywhere I've been, far greater than what I've seen here in America. So, on the one hand, I am disgusted with racism. I do not like our racist past. I don't want to forget it, but I don't want to glorify it either. And yet at the same time, there's a part of me, a big part of me, that that totally agrees with Morgan Freeman, who happens to be an African-American black uh, entertainer, And he says, you want to stop racism? Stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. And I I agree with that. 
Now, please don't misunderstand me. We need to talk about it when it rears its ugly head and where it rears its ugly head. If you have somebody who's beat up or killed in some, you know, I don't know, neighborhood out on the streets and the witness has said, you know, this guy was just yelling all kind of racial epithets and they had to be different races and they're and he's cursing him, you know, and cussing him out just based upon race and that's all it was about, then we need to talk talk about that so that it doesn't become a cancer in our society. We need to talk about that. But we don't need to talk about it on the level that it has been talked about. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you're a white guy. Of course, you're going to say that, which, of course, is a racist statement. I am not saying this as a white man. I'm saying this as somebody who's watched it and seen it and saw how, and I still see how the endless discussion of race and racism has not done a lot of good, but has done a lot of harm because what it does is stir up more racism. So if you want to put an end to racism, you have to stop fueling the fire, you know, and that doesn't mean we stop talking about it a hundred percent. Of course not, but we stop making it a, a part of our daily discussion and just let people of all races, all colors, all creeds, all religions, just get on with their life, live together, and work to make this country a better place. So instead of sitting around talking about it, stirring up all kinds of emotion of hatred and anger towards one another, let's put that aside, stop talking, and start working towards a better tomorrow. That's my uh, two cents on this, but I want to read this article from this uh, young lady. Uh, Let me find it here again. I have so many little articles popping up here because there's something else I want to uh, get to. Oh, and this is the title of this article is who can be racist question mark and this is found at the crimson.com the crimson.com and i'll put the link and information there in the uh, comments not the comments but the description of this particular episode who can be a racist and it's written by michelle i i believe that's an i gal G-A-O. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. And uh, I'm just pointing this out because she pointed out this is a uh, Asian, young Asian woman. She's a crimson opinion writer and a crimson editorial editor lives in Adam's house. Her column appears on alternate Thursdays. And this was actually published August 10th, 2018. So that's um, a little over four years ago but it's still true today. Not much has changed in four years. So who can be a racist? She writes, it bemuses me that some absolve non-white people of racism. They declare point blank, it's literally impossible to be racist to a white person. Racism against white people doesn't exist. I suppose that as an Asian American, I would qualify as a recipient of this exemption. While that could be convenient, I don't think I or any other person of color should deserve such an exemption. I'm sure, for example, that I can be racist. I imagine some might call me that from reading this column. And I'd like to be engaged in conversation if I mess up, perhaps by making a distasteful remark. The debate about whether all people can be racist stems from different definitions of racism. One camp subscribes to the standard dictionary definition Racism is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race 
based on the belief that one's own race is superior. There are no restrictions on which races can be instigators and what magnitude of disdain counts as superior or superiority. Another camp thinks primarily of institutional racism and factors in a person's power to use their racist beliefs against others. As one African-American lead character from the 2014 movie Dear White People argues, black people can't be racist. Prejudiced, yes, but not racist. Racism describes a system of disadvantage based on race. Black people can't be racist since we don't stand to benefit from such a system. What a convoluted way to absolve oneself of possible racist fault. Under this definition, yes, black individuals can't be racist. The system is rigged in favor of white people who have traditionally been in power. But the strange implication of this statement is that being called prejudice isn't as bad as being called racist, although racism can manifest itself as prejudice. And though prejudice surely is not desired either. So Sam's argument achieves the linguistic triumph of avoiding the label racist, but that's about it. This argument's main point, that minorities can't be racist because they have no power to act on such antagonism, is also reductive. We shouldn't have to take stock of each other's race and relative power in society before making a judgment on an act itself. We shouldn't have to condone prejudice or discrimination against anyone for any reason. Racism is individual, not just institutional. As individuals, we all have the power to hurt one another. However, though power dynamics of race in our society shouldn't absolve some races from the ability to be racist, they should affect how we determine degrees of racism. I'd argue that, on average, a racist comment would cause a white person less harm or fear than it would cause a black person. I'm not sure how exactly one could measure that, but white people have it easier in America, and that shouldn't be a controversial statement. Consider the recent controversy involving Sarah Jung, a writer of ancient Asian descent, whose colorful tweets against white people were dug up after the New York Times editorial board hired her. Such tweets included, this is the only place that I'm going to comment before I finish this, only because I'm going to I'm gonna try to read these tweets, but I don't use this kind of language, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm going to tweak it just a little bit so that you get the gist of what she wrote without me having to compromise my values and use words that I don't normally use. So anyways, it go, go back to this. Such tweets include, Oh man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get out of being cruel to old white men. Another one. Uh, F word, white women, LOL. Another one. Dumb, uh, I don't even know if this is really a swear word, but it's close enough to me. So dumb butts, <laughs> um, dumb butts, F word, white people marking up the internet with their opinions like dogs pissing on fire hydrants. While not condoning her tweets, the Times stood by Jung, who also issued her own statement. This seemed like the best resolution. I thought it was important, as the Times did, to deny the right-wing trolls who are orchestrating smear campaigns to get journalists fired and to reserve judgment of their employees for what they actually do at their jobs. But the tweets were pretty racist. I didn't see the point of those insisting that Jung's tweets weren't racist at all and that she had nothing to apologize for because... 
there was no sense of threat associated with her jokes. After winning this round, since Jong wasn't fired, refusing to budge an inch and admit some wrongdoing is not a good look for the left. Because there's no scenario in which racism is not a bad thing. If some extremists won't engage in good faith, we can't force them. But at least among the rest of us, we can do better. We shouldn't need to compare how a possible act of racism would differ if perpetrated against blacks, whites, or Asians just to understand if it's wrong. We shouldn't allow some people to indulge in their racism just because they may not have any power to systematically discriminate against other groups. Let's acknowledge the existence of so-called reverse racism and the existence of degrees of racism. Otherwise, discourse around race will become a race to the bottom. Again, that was Michelle, I believe that's an I, Gao, Michelle I. Gao. And it says, 21, a Crimson Editorial Editor. And her columns appear on alternate Thursdays. Now, I, I, I did promise that I wasn't going to make any comments, but I had to make a comment because I forgot there was some language that I don't use, especially on these podcasts. Well, I don't use them at all, but I especially won't on these podcasts because some of you parents will be listening to this with your children. And there's absolutely... I'm, I am... That's not one of these days I'm going to do a podcast on the foul language that we allow in our culture and society. And it's to me, it's disgusting um, because, you know, you are lacking of intelligence if you have to use that kind of language. All right. So anyways, let me get back to this. One of the reasons why I didn't want to comment too much on that before it was read, because I wanted you to hear this. This was written from a young Asian woman about uh, racism, and she points out these these two definitions of racism that's actually being used today. And the first one, of course, is racism is prejudice, 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 ladies and gentlemen, discrimination or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's race, one's own race is superior. So it's as if like for me, if I'm an, if as a white person, I'm going to come against uh, anybody else of color, you know, let's say a, uh, 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 black person, Hispanic person, Asian person, but I'm not just coming against them per se because I can, but based upon uh, the thought or the belief that I am superior to them because of the color of my skin. Now, granted, ladies and gentlemen, granted, that was a huge problem in our America's past. There was a lot of people that had that white superiority and and uh, they treated other people very terribly, horribly. Um based upon that belief that they were better. Some even tried to make it a part of their religious ideologies that God had blessed them because they were white and God had cursed the other ones because they're darker skin. So it's okay for us white people who are blessed of God to enslave or treat terribly those darker skinned people because we're the pure race or whatever they were thinking. And that's absurd. Ladies and gentlemen, that's absurd. And I know there's still some groups around today that still feel that, still feel that way. Uh, and that's racism. But, you know, the majority of Americans, regardless of their the color of their skin or their background, don't feel that way. Don't feel that way at all. Matter of fact, I personally don't personally know anybody that feels that way. Um, at least what they're willing to admit, you know. And if they did ever admit that to me, well, they would not be part of, you know, what I would call my friendship circle because I just, I don't play that game. All right. But here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. I have read and I've seen video of people talking 
about superiority of race. And ladies and gentlemen, they're not all white. They're not all white. As a matter of fact, what's growing, uh, uh, at least what I see in America is growing, um, is this, uh, um, among African Americans, is this idea that their culture, especially their culture before they were taken as slaves, but their culture is superior and their way of doing things, their religion, their religious uh, <laughs> ideologies are all superior. And because of their, as a matter of fact, there's some uh, sects, S-E-C-T, of Christianity among the black community in America that believes that only black people can be saved, that white people are somehow cursed, cannot be saved, that the only true uh, children of God will only be dark-skinned people, you know, and which, of course, again, is ridiculous because the Bible says nothing to that effect. You have to really work hard to twist Scripture to make it say that. But nonetheless, again, what is that? Uh, It's racism based upon the belief that that particular race is superior to others. Now, a lot of people will say, well, it doesn't really matter because... uh, can't be racist, all right? Can't be racist because we're the minority. We don't have the power. And this is where she, uh, this uh, uh, writer, Gao, puts another camp thinks primarily of institutional racism and factors in a person's power to use their racist beliefs against others. As one African-American lead character from the 2014 movie Dear White People argues, black people can't be racist Prejudiced, yes, but not racist. Racism describes a system of disadvantage based on race. Black people can't be racists since we don't stand to benefit from such a system. Well, that was in a movie. So I'm just going to chalk that up as failed entertainment. But if if, uh, this movie was trying to put forth something of truth in their mind, they missed it by a mile. Because, again, the true... Simple definition of racism is prejudice, discrimination and antagonism against someone of a different race based upon the belief of one race, their own race is superior. But the word, first word there is prejudice. This person in this movie goes on to say black people can't be racist. Prejudice, yes, but not racist. Well, you can't be prejudiced towards another race without being racist. They go together. They're the same thing. They're the same exact thing. That's like saying, I don't drink water. I drink H2O. I mean, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? I mean, so so when you get into this place, see, this is, do you want to know how to figure out who's wrong in an argument or in a debate or in an understanding? When the, the side that has to take and redefine words and redefine things to meet what you know their way of thinking that's the wrong group so racism racism to many today isn't prejudice discrimination or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based upon the belief that one's own race is superior no instead racism is a systemic or systematic kind of a thing a systemic thing against a group of people for another groups and other races benefit. Now, granted, that comes out of racism. I'm not going to lie. That does come out of racism. And that's akin, that shows where racism is, but it doesn't squash or take away or remove the original definition of racism because that's the root. 
So when somebody says, oh, black people can't be racist, prejudice, yes, but not racist, that is absolute absurdity. And I would say, listen, go get a, go get a dictionary and look up the word racist and see what it is. Understand this. Racism. Racist. And understand what it is. And yes, racism is an issue of the heart, first and foremost, before anything. It's an issue of the heart. You can be a racist if, if uh, and I'll even pick on white people, if there's a million white people and there's only one person of color in that town, but that million white people hate that one person, well, then those million people could be racist. All right? Flip the script. Well, if there's a million white people and only one person of color and that one person of color hates all the million white people, that's still racism. Whether or not that that person can do anything about their hatred in them, they're still racist. If they hate somebody based upon uh, color of skin or the, their particular race, you know, I'm, I'm one against a million, but I'm still better than you. Well, that's, that's, that's racism. And, and whether you can actually do something about it or not is not relevant, at least to the, discru- uh, the discussion of what is or is not racist or racism. Racism is an issue of the heart. Then it becomes an action. And then if those actions go on long enough with enough people, then it becomes something systemic. But it started with an issue of the heart. Ladies and gentlemen, see, this is one of the reasons why many people are finally starting to get really fed up with the whole concept and the discussion of racism in America. Because we've talked about it so much and redefined it that that when somebody can come along and say, wait a minute, you know, uh, it's like, okay, I'll even use myself. Check this out. Okay, I'm not going to be so foolish to sit here and tell you I'm not a racist. I don't believe that I am. I really don't believe I am. I can't see any actions in my life that would prove that or language in my life that would prove that. All right. But but again, that would just be, you know, me trying to convince somebody of something that there's really no full uh, I, there's no way to convince anybody that other than to look at my life. Okay. So if you look at my life, you know, am I a racist? No, no. You know, if you look at my heart, am I? Well, nobody can do that. That's between me and God. So um, I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no, because that's a mute point, right? So if if I'm going to sit there and try to, uh, you know, I can't be a racist, right? You know, that person's racist. It's, it's based upon action. And it, it, and and even part of that action is words. What are you saying about other people? I've been around people, and I've heard people say, you know, uh, um, off-color jokes and 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 off-handed jokes and just little jabs here and there. And sometimes, sometimes it's two friends that are just kind of poking fun at each other and it goes nowhere and it means nothing. It's just two buddies, you know, giving a little dig. It's equal. It's, you know, boom, this guy says, this guy said, no big deal. No big deal. You have somebody else that kind of looks in on that and they're, they're like freaking out racism, racism, racism. But when it's equal on both sides, right? I mean, this whole concept and this whole idea that we have, we have come up with about racism and being racist and all of that. It's so convoluted that, again, people are not wanting to even engage in that anymore because no matter what they say or try to prove, then the definition gets twisted. So, so you know, back when, back sometime, I don't know how long ago, but somebody coined this, you know, like um, somebody of, of color 
made some offhanded statements towards somebody who's on the lighter side. And then it was pointed out, you're being racist. And they had to come up with something real fast. You know, hey, I'm not racist because I have no power. Because that's what, what the way I first heard it. I'll never forget it the way I first heard it. There was a pastor that I knew and, and we considered ourselves friends. We really considered ourselves, uh, I'll put it this way. Again, I can't tell you what was in his heart. I considered him a friend. He, uh, he and his wife and me and my wife, we went out to dinner a few times. We did some ministry together. We seemed to get along really good. But then there was an event that happened on the other side of the uh, country, all right? And it really messed up our relationship because it was where a, uh, a, a police officer killed uh, a black person and I didn't say anything about it. No, I take it back. Let me, let, let, me, let me correct it. I want to correct it. I want to get the story correct. So please forgive me. It wasn't a police officer. It was the George Zimmerman, uh, Trayvon Martin case. If you, if you remember that uh, some time ago, that's what happened, right? And I didn't say anything about it on social media, on Facebook or anything like that, or even openly. And there was a reason why I didn't, because I knew nothing about it other than what initially, and this was when it first happened, initially what was being reported and the pictures that I saw. But I have a little bit of discernment, ladies and gentlemen, maybe not a ton, maybe not even enough, but I have a little bit and I knew something was off. I just knew instinctively something was off. So I didn't say anything about it on either side. And this friend of mine um, on Facebook, on social media, started calling me a bigot, a racist, and all of these things. I went, whoa, 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 Where, where's all this coming from? What's going on? You didn't say anything. So I'm, I'm now a racist and a bigot because I didn't say anything yet? And I explained to him, I don't know enough about it to have a comment. What do you need to know? A white guy shoots a black guy. That's all you need to know. And I, no, that's not all you need to know. What was the reason? And, and he, there was no reason. You need to say something. So what it prompted me to do, ladies and gentlemen, was actually look into it further. And I spent the next maybe week, because like I said, that was when it was first coming out. And you know our media. When they first report on something, usually, oh, about 75% of it is falsehood and lies just to stir up, you know, um, people's emotions so they'll tune in and watch the next segment and the next segment, right? And I know that about our media, so I wasn't going to fall for that. So I started digging into it, and it turns out that much of what the media was portraying was flat lies. And I don't like it at all. I'm sickened by it. But here, what happened was Trayvon Martin wasn't the 13-year-old kid that they kept showing in the pictures. He was 17 years old, much taller, much bigger, and an MMA fighter, kicked out of school for anger management problems and drug use. When George Zimmerman shot him, now whether you think he should have or shouldn't, whatever, I'm just telling you what happened, the truth. Trayvon Martin was on top of George Zimmerman, punching in his face, and as one article said, MMA style. So he had knocked him down, got on top of him, and was wailing on Zimmerman's face as Zimmerman was yelling for help. The people that were around said, yeah, he was yelling for help. He was able to get to his weapon he was carrying, pulled it, and shot him. Shot Trayvon Martin. He was only 17 years old, and that's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking on so many different levels, and it's heartbreaking of what it did and how the media portrayed it and what the media was responsible for doing by bringing so much division in this country when it wasn't a... Now, I don't know if, if uh, Zimmerman 
was a racist. I don't know if he was a racist. I don't know if he was harassing Trayvon Martin on purpose just because he didn't like the color of his skin. I don't know that. It was portrayed like that originally, but when it all came out, that's that was kind of dropped. Why? Because when the truth came out that this 17-year-old kid who was bigger than Zimmerman and trained in mixed martial arts was punching him in the face, holding him down and punching him in the face, it was justified uh, for him to defend himself the only way that he could at that point. Now, whether you agree with it or not, I'm just telling you the facts in that case. So, fast forward it back to what used to be a friend. I brought that out to him. Listen, dude, you called me a bigot, you called me a racist, and all of that because I didn't say anything. Well, you prompted me to go research this, and this is what I had found. And when I presented it to him, he was so hardened in heart, so hardened that he didn't want to hear any of the truth. He didn't want to receive any of the truth. He just wanted to live in that place where this was a race thing automatically, and that's all he was going to buy. And anybody that didn't stand with him on that side of the spectrum and point fingers at the other side, uh, he was going to just write off as racist and not have anything to do with. And that's basically what happened. And I got to the point to where I just, I had to block him and everything because he was literally like trolling me and hounding me. Anything that came up with race relations. And what was and I say funny, and I don't mean ha-ha like a joke, just funny in a strange kind of sense. During that same time while I was dealing that with him, um, me and my son, we go over to uh, local Del Taco. I don't eat Del Taco anymore because I realized how bad junk food is, but that's before I realized it. But we go to the local Del Taco. And and um, we walk up to the door, and and a, a, a black gentleman and his son get to the door Oh, about the same time me and my son do. So I just grab the door and I say, after you, sir, which I normally do. This had nothing to do with anything other than just trying to be a gentleman. And he came over, grabbed the door and says, no, after you, sir. And I said, no, 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 you go. And then here we are. Okay, now I'm going to paint this picture. Here I am, a white guy arguing with a black guy. Yes, arguing, ladies and gentlemen. We're arguing together. A white guy and a black guy standing in front of Del Taco arguing on who uh, who's going to hold the door for the other one. And um, we, we both kind of chuckled about it, you know, and, and then I don't even remember who walked in finally. It was just we're chuckling about it because here we are trying to out-gentleman the other one. Not because we were racist. Not because anybody had anything to prove. We were just trying to be decent human beings to another human being. That's it. And so I, I saw that scenario and I said, you know what? With all this negativity and all this division going on between the racists over this Trayvon and, and, and Zimmerman issue, we need something to help bring us together. Now, I don't have the international uh, platform, especially back then, but I went and I wrote up a nice little, if you will, like a short article type of thing, uh, sharing what happened, what I went through, my engagement with this black gentleman at Del Taco, and how great it was that here uh, is people from two different races just trying to bless the next one and be a gentleman. Had nothing to do with anything else except two human beings, two gentlemen, just trying to bless the next one and honor and respect the next one. Race had really nothing to do with it because that's not the way I was looking at it. I don't believe he was looking at it that way. 
He was just a gentleman, okay? I So I typed this little thing up, put it out there on Facebook, and I said, this is the real America. This is the real America. This is what most Americans are engaged in. This is the way most Americans, regardless of their skin color, this is the way we faced one another. This is the way we treat one another. This is how we act towards one another. This is how we treat one another on the job, in the workplace, out in the, you know, in the park or the sports arena or in the basketball court or on the football field or the softball field. This is the way we treat one another. This is real America. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. You would have thought that I, w- I went and shot somebody's grandma because that same gentleman with all, all the racist, bigot, all of the, the, the words and accusations he can come up with. And I finally just said, you know, enough's enough. Enough is enough. This is ridiculous. This is uh, foolish and I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, regardless, listen, I'm not trying to get myself off the hook because, again, I didn't do anything that was racist. Was racism in my heart? Well, that's for uh, God to judge. But nothing that I said or nothing that I did was racist. But certainly, that black pastor was fully racist towards me and other white people. And when I questioned him about it, he used that same line, I can't be racist because I don't have power. Really? You don't have the power to go on the internet and slander me? You don't have the power to get on social media and accuse me of being a racist and a bigot and other things? You don't have the power to besmirch my name in the in the community at, at large, but especially among the black community? You don't have that power? You see, that's the foolishness of it, ladies and gentlemen. They, we don't have the power. Really? You have the internet like I have the internet. You, you, you can make a clip and put it out there. You can put videos out there on YouTube, Rumble, Vimeo, whatever, just the same way I can do it. You could put things on Instagram. You could put things on Facebook. It doesn't matter. Listen, all of us have that ability. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter your race. So yes, you have more power than you give yourself credit for. That gentleman had far more power than he gave himself credit for. But he hid behind that. And that's cowardice. He hid behind that. That's cowardice. Because listen, it says here even in this, that in this 2014 movie, Dear White People, argues black people can't be racist prejudice yes but not racist and it goes on a little bit i don't have the ability to put out a movie that makes it to television or into the movie theater i don't have that power but these people did so to say that was hypocrisy and foolish making them the true racist because they had the power to spread that racism where i don't do you see how silly that is it's absolutely absurd Now, I want to take that absurdity just a little step further because I live here in California and I pulled up on this website called Statista. It talks about its statistics. Okay, they deal with statistics. And it says here, resident population of California in 2021 by race and ethnicity. And this was very interesting because I heard somebody comment on this, I don't know, a few years ago. three or four years ago, and I never thought about it too much, but but thinking about all this racism nonsense, I um, it made me wonder, and I went to Google this and, and search for it to figure it out, and here's what it says. Okay, so resident population of California in 2021, that was just uh, two years ago, by race and ethnicity, Hispanic or Latino of any race, but uh, Hispanic, those who claim to be Hispanic or Latino, and we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 15,754,608, at least as this says, okay? 
15,754,608 people who claim to be Hispanic or Latino. All right. White. Okay, this is interesting. White. People who claim to be white. And it says white alone. (laughs) Uh, Sounds so lonely. Anyways, all these lonely white people. But white. 13,441,755. So we are a little bit more than 2 million shy of the Hispanic Latino community. So that means, uh, oh, and the next one is Asian. I didn't realize that we had so many Asians in California. I mean, that's fine. I just didn't realize it until I looked at this. 5,872,575. Then it goes to uh, Black or African American, uh, 2,071,059. And then it, it just jumps down into some, you know, like, Asian Pacifics and and such like that. So it's much smaller numbers, but those are the top four, if you will. So according to statistics, um, whites are no longer the majority in California. Now, other places maybe, but not in California. Hispanic Latinos are, all right? I'm part of, if you will, using that a minority. (laughs) So I'm going to use the thought of those who say, we don't have power, so we can't be racist. I'm no longer have the power, at least by sheer numbers, so I can't be racist. How does that feel, ladies and gentlemen? How does that feel? I mean, honestly, how does that feel? Now to hear a white person use that claim because, well, I'm in the minority. Maybe I'm in the number two slot, but I'm still a minority. Because it wasn't so long ago that Hispanics and Latinos were considered a minority. And they were just super close to white people. And now they've gone beyond. I mean, there's 15 million Latino Hispanics in California and only, what, 13 million um, uh, whites. So we're the new minority, number one minority, but nonetheless a minority. Does that mean that white people in California can no longer be racist? I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? That's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Because by sheer number, the Hispanic Latinos have greater power, voting power, buying power and such, just by numbers, just by numbers, that if you take a larger group and can sway most of them or all of them towards a certain candidate, uh, certain policies. Well, it's going to get done based upon what they want because they have greater numbers. So I'm in a minority. Can I be a racist? According to most who try to use that argument that can't be racist, we don't have the power. That's a cop-out. That's hypocrisy. That's a lie. That's foolishness. That's weakness. That's cowardice. You're not going to catch me, even though now I'm in a minority. I am not going to use that because that's absolute foolishness. Because I understand that racism is based on prejudice. And racism is based upon discrimination or antagonism directed at someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. And just for the record, ladies and gentlemen, just for the record, I do not believe that white people are superior to anybody of a darker hue. Not at all. I've been around the world. I've met people a lot darker than me that have been doing such spectacular things. And what's interesting, some of these people are in third world countries doing spectacular uh, things, whether it be uh, the work, inventions, uh, in ministry, building churches, ministering to people and doing that with far less resources than we, than the white people in America or Europe 
and they're getting a greater job done, which tells me, at least in their abilities to take what's been given and multiply it and use it, they're superior. They're superior in that sense. I'm not saying they're superior because of the race necessarily, but they're just superior in what they're doing, how they're doing it, because they can take so much less than what we have and do so much more with it. And we still have people here in America and places of Europe sitting around doing nothing, waiting for their big, you know, their ship to come in, so to speak, where in some of these third world countries, they're just making it. They're just doing it. So I guess I just admitted that um, some cultures and some people of different races are superior because they have that ability to do something that we're not doing. <laughs> I've been around the world. I've, I've, I've been to uh, uh, Asia. I've been to Japan. I've been to um, Montenegro. I've been to Italy. I've been to, where have I been? I've been to Mexico. I've been to uh, several nations in Africa. And um, I'm amazed I'm amazed at every level of what I see. I'm amazed at the people that I meet. I'm amazed. And it, it, it's, a, it's a culture shock sometimes in that sense because I come from America. America is still the greatest country on the face of the planet. And I love my nation. I love my country. But I get to go see what other people are doing. I've been to Israel, see what the Jewish people and the Arab people and such who live there, what they're doing, what they're accomplishing. I see what the uh, Mexican people in Mexico are accomplishing. F fantastic. Wonderful. Been to China. I've seen what the Chinese people are able to accomplish against all odds. I've been to Japan, beautiful country, some of the nicest people on the planet. And it's amazing to me what they have been able to accomplish. I've been to, like I said, um, very short stay, but uh, in Montenegro and in Italy. And by the way, the Italian Alps are, are spectacular, spectacular. I would go in a heartbeat. But we've been those places. My wife and I have been those places. Why am I pointing this out? Because what I find is people maybe not doing what Americans would do or what a bunch of white people would do, but what they are doing is really making a change in the world around them, really making a change. And some of those places, not all, but some of those places have far fewer resources at their disposal than we have. And they're still able to multiply what they do have, the little that they do have and do spectacular things. I find that amazing. Every time I go overseas, regardless of what country I go to, I learn something spectacular that I can bring back and implement here. I also learn some things of like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that. But there, I've, I learn a lot of things like, wow, that is spectacular. I'm going to do that. So my point on this on all of this is this whole idea of racism and looking for racism where it does not exist or making it up or or changing the rules and changing the definitions just so we can find racism that really isn't there. It's absurd and it doesn't help anybody. It hurts everybody because you keep pushing and pushing and pushing a narrative, especially a false narrative, a made up narrative, a twisted narrative on any one group of people. And it doesn't matter if it's white people, black people, Hispanic people, you keep telling them they're the problem. And pretty soon they'll be the problem. Why? It, because that's just the way it happens. People only have so much emotion to give to anything before they say, fine, knock it off. I'm done with this. You've already called me a racist. You've already called me a bigot. You've already labeled me these things. Why not? And to, wh to which many people say, see, 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 see. No, they weren't racist before. You created that. And that's what I see happening in America right now. And this needs to be shut down. This needs to be addressed. This needs to be dealt with. And uh, Mr. Morgan Freeman, I agree with you. Uh, the 
idea and the discussion of racism needs to stop uh, being discussed at the forefront. Let's stop talking about that. Now let's start talking about how we can really move forward as a nation, not as a nation of white people, not as a, a nation or a community of black people, but how do we go forward as Americans? That's what we need to be talking about. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed.